Roy Batty? That was the name of the replicant in Blade Runner? Sure. All of this, like tears and rain. That guy? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think uh, Blade Runner has a great aesthetic. Not that great a movie. Okay, but like, which version have you seen? Because there are about a dozen. I think I've seen probably three. <laughs> yeah, I know, me too. Uh, um, you know, because I keep thinking that someone's that someone's wrong. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Or or I was wrong, and now I'm, I'm older, and I have more appreciation for such a thing. Uh huh. And no, it's no. still I'm still thinking like, eh. You should go find. I saw this recently. The the notes from the suits got published on Twitter or something recently from the original Oh, screenings. that's good. I like that. And they're just like, what the fuck is wrong with this narration? What is happening in this movie? This is this makes no sense. And it it's just the classic, like, suits don't get it moment. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I haven't read the short story that it's based on. Mm-hmm. Have you? The, uh, I think it's a novella. Right. I also haven't. I've read other dick but well i'm i mean he is a perennially adapted author oh my god yeah so much of his stuff i know uh there's one that i've missed the adjustment bureau with matt damon Uh uh-huh but minority report is an incredible one Uh uh-huh we're talking adaptations today we are do you know who we are do we need to tell you? Yeah, we're. I'm Christopher. I'm Drew. And this is So Many Damn Books. So many. So many. So many damn books. Hi. There's been so many adaptations recently. I mean, that's, I guess, always true. But it seems like there we're in a renaissance right of... Um, well, I mean, a lot of the popular discourse over the holidays was sucked up by two films mm-hmm. that are adaptations. I think that's, and that's what made us think maybe it was time to talk about the movies again. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a minute. What was the last one? Um, it was the Murder o- on the Orient o- Express. Orient Express. Starring Kenneth Branagh and his mustache. Mm-hmm. And 18 other people. Daisy Ridley. Leslie Odom Jr. L- let Judy al- Dench. Let out of the um, Star Wars universe <laughs> for just a second. Just for literally a second. Kenneth, you get her for two days. Shoot mm-hmm. all your scenes then. Mm-hmm. So, of, of course, we're talking uh, Little Women and Cats. <laughs> but before we talk into those things, and then another adaptation that we've both gotten into. Yes. Why don't we talk about, well, why don't we talk about what you buy? Sure. We have had occasion recently to talk about supporting books and ways to do so and support the authors that you love and the books that you love. And one great way to do that is pre-orders. And one of the best ways to fight against the corporate machine that is publishing mm-hmm. um, is is to, to research and, and really put your money under something that you believe in. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily just how it's being... Uh, talked about in the media because a lot of books don't even get reviewed a lot of books great books don't get any of the conversation turned to them yeah it's it's a little bit of a continuation of the conversation that we had during our best of yeah it's like there are so many other very worthy books and a great way to do that to throw 
it's it's almost like soft power to throw your low key support to something, even if you don't have the chance to talk about it or shout about it, is just buy it. Yeah, spend the money and buy it. Yeah. Um. So I just had the the joyous occasion to pre order a book by a friend, um, Jordan Kisner. Her debut essay collection, Thin Places, Essays from In Between, is out in March from FSG. And, I mean, I've had a galley for months, Mm -hmm. and I've read several of the essays before. And I think it's really only been in the last year that I've realized, like, A, I have the disposable income to pre-order a book that I've read a galley of. Mm -hmm. But also, when it's your friend, there's, like, a joyous thing of being like, yeah! Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's the, the... Equivalent of a foam finger. Yeah. That is what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. I ordered it at Community Bookstore, by the way, just to shout them out as well. Yeah, you can do all of this pre-ordering through your bookstore, mm-hmm. which it's is great. another great way to... It's almost like having your vote count twice. Yes. So vote early, vote often. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, speaking of voting a little early, I mean, these come out next week. But that doesn't mean that you can't pre-order them and have them arrive on your doorstep, perhaps, mm-hmm. uh, which is a possibility. Is um, Gin Patrol on the Purple Line by Deepak Anapara, which is just, uh, I've been loving it. It's it's basically a, a, a kid who's watching his friends being snatched up uh, oh. in his neighborhood. Uh, decides to become a detective and see if he can find, because he the, the police cool. aren't doing anything, and so. But it's how he's really, uh, maybe not up to this task, <laughs> um, and and his narration of his sort of starting it and then being sort of, um, overwhelmed by the enormity of the case mm. is really it's an incredible read and it's it's amazing. It's set in India. Cool. And uh, yeah, so Jin Patrol, D-J-I-N-N, Patrol on the Purple Line. It's so good. And then um, Cactus League. Ah, uh, yes. By Emily Nemens, N-E-M-E-N-S. This is a really fun um, novel and stories. It's great. About, uh, about baseball. But yeah. it's from a lot of um, sides of baseball that you don't get to read. Yeah, it's... And she's the new editor, new-ish still, editor of the Paris Review. Um, and so there's it, it was exciting to be like a baseball book. Okay. And then to read it and see it's polyphonic. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's great. Cool. So those are some things you can throw your throw your dollars at. They're yeah. coming out soon. You, they will be available to you soon. And remember, it's not about the instant gratification of walking out of the bookstore <laughs> with a book. Every single time. Sometimes there's that fun thing of showing up and you're like, oh my God, there's a book waiting for me. Mm-hmm. And it's mine. There it is. There it is. On the shelf. I see it on the, sir, that one, there please. And they're like, okay, calm down. Here you go. Hmm. $26, please. We're drinking tea. We are. Uh, you you do something with tea that I I think that I I am amazed that people don't do this. This is this is my silly pet peeve about tea, is that um a lot of people just put their bag or put their um strainer and that's their it's just 
brewing the whole time. Yep. And it's not the flavor that the tea manufacturer was <laughs> thinking of when they said, like, steep it for a certain amount of time. Uh-huh. And I realize that this is a really dumb thing for me to care anything at all about. No, but I also, it's a, man, anytime <laughs> I drink tea that's clearly oversteeped, ugh. Yeah. Use it, loose leaf tea, because the stuff in a tea bag, oftentimes it's like the, the crumbly it's the bits. the silt at the bottom of, it's it's after people have taken their turn at and the so barrel. If you don't think that you like tea, try Loose leaf tea and brew it for however long it says on the thing. Right. Gonna, you're going to feel a little fussy at first. It's fussy drinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Chin chin. <laughs> Books and tea, they go together, though. They truly do. Speaking of fussy, okay, I haven't seen cats. I'm not gonna see cats. That's fine. I Andrew Lloyd Webber and I have disagreements Over about what should be on stage. About quality in general okay. in the theater. So I I didn't of course I know cats by reputation. Sure. And I've heard a couple cat songs over the course of life. There's like an it's a good joke. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I think the thing is about Cats as a movie or as a Broadway show is it's everybody's everybody who hates musicals hates musicals because they think they're like Cats. <laughs> yes, exactly right. So if you love musicals, it's kind of great because it's the purest. They're just singing and they're going to be really, really granular and crazy about this one silly thing. And it's not going to necessarily tell a story. <laughs> the number is good for the number's sake. Uh-huh. Um. And oh and the spectacle is there for the spectacle's sake. <laughs> and it's such a weird movie. Uh, Drew, it was such a weird movie. Okay, I saw the trailer, and I obviously was as horrified as I think any right-thinking person would be. And then the end of the first trailer, where all of a sudden the cats are dancing in post-apocalyptic Trafalgar Square. Mm-hmm. I was I screamed in my office. I was like, "What is happening?" And everybody else was watching the trailer at the same time because yeah. I was working in a theater at the time. And we all just lost our collective mind. It was a two-minute zombie movie of all of us just screaming. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see this musical as a kid, and I was exposed to a lot of theater growing up, um, but I didn't see Cats. Um, I don't think, or I don't remember seeing it. I definitely didn't. And uh, but I understand how it's also the great like a great like kids first musical even though it's very strange it's you know it's it's cats they're singing there's not a lot of plot to follow so you can just be enjoying that that's true the cats singing either at that you. or scarred for life but it's really odd I mean when you just look at the original what this is based on <laughs> yeah. yeah T S Eliot's random collection of cat poems I, you know just the idea that Andrew Lloyd Webber was reading them and he was just like. You know what? You know, apparently he started writing the show when he was 14. See, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Shanks, the railway cat, has unfortunately eaten my brain. <laughs> as, as cats do, should you die in their presence. Um, it's, it's like a maggot growing and growing. <laughs> oh, gross. Uh, because all I could, you know, more than once I've woken up and it's like the it's like the first thing that's playing in my head. <laughs> and it's not be I mean, I like it. I like it a lot. 
Uh-huh. Love trains. Sure. Yeah. There's a uh-huh. lot of places that song goes. It's pretty fun. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's a fun tap dance break, which, you know, I've always enjoyed in music. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so, I do wish to be released from this <laughs> curse. You say that butt does a lot of work. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, I, I don't know. I think that this is sort of the craziest... One of the craziest adaptations ever to begin with. It just feels it. I a lot of people have been asking this question, but it is like, why? And then they also weirdly chose things to. They were both making it for people who hate cats for some reason. Uh huh. Sure. And and also trying to make it for people who love it. Uh huh. So and those two things, you know, it's just smashed against each other in yeah, like an there's automobile no, accident. There's no Venn diagram there. It's just two circles. That they're trying to smush together. But I understand the sort of internet uh, embrace of it because it is the internet. You know, it's it's uh-huh. old school, <laughs> original, web 1.0 internet of just like, isn't this a, like, this is a place that finally everybody can come al- and talk about this one thing and talk about how bonkers <laughs> it is. And talk about it in good faith, you know? There's right. a lot of people who are just talking about it I don't know. The discussion of cats and the embracing of it online has been fun. Yeah. I I will read every single essay that someone has written where they have taken some dosage of drugs and gone to see the, I Every single time I'm like, another one? Great. <laughs> yeah. Add it to the pile. I, I'm great. I love it. Turns out it's one of my new favorite genres. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's going to listen. Like the Doolittle people, too. Uh, oh, boy. That's a whole other. Mm. Speaking of adaptations right that's an adaptation too people don't i don't think remember that those books as a kid too oh they're so good there's also that horrible adaptation with eddie murphy everyone i think there's like an ill-advised doolittle remake every 30 years and it was just time again (laughs) yeah honestly every 20 to 30 years we collectively forget that you know it's like tarzan adaptation they come out they come out every 20 to 30 years yeah uh, I loved those books, but rereading them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Difficult with these 2020 eyes to enjoy what Edgar Rice Burroughs was up to with those. Oh, my God. But incredible when he starts really going gaga with it. And there's a race of ant men mm-hmm. and aliens. Hey, look. He, I think he shapeshifts into panthers for a while. I don't know. Yeah, I, there's there's a lot of good that has come out of... Right, a lot of people got inspired by it and mm-hmm. turned the different things into different things. But boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. There are a lot of things that just shouldn't maybe be adaptations. It, it, largely among them, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. <laughs> I don't know. I appreciate... I, I wonder... You know, I wonder what... If Andrew Lloyd Webber had instead chosen, you know, the Hundred Acre Wood, if he had chosen Now We Are Six, because Ooh. it's a similar collection of random children's poetry. Wow. If You know, just go to A.A. A. Milne and make those the weird 80s. Holy shit. <laughs> I just wonder, you know. That feels like a good thing for a, like an alternate universe book mm-hmm. where the big... Broadway musical is not cats. It's called poo. (laughs) Okay. On the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. Of, of 
Although a lot of people asked before um, Little Women came out, why do another Little Women adaptation? The last one was great. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of goodwill for the Kristen Dunst, uh-huh. uh, Winona Ryder one. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... I think it acquits itself because it's a really good movie. It's a really <laughs> good movie. It's phenomenally directed. Yeah. Uniformly, excellently performed. Everybody's great in it. And it just feels good. I mean, the the struggles that they have feel honest and well earned. Mm-hmm. And there's new ways that they, you know, Marnie is. I just, I don't know. I I felt like there was um, a lot of heart on yeah. screen. It just felt good to watch. It the movie feels anachronistic in the sense that movies like that are not being quote unquote not being made anymore. It's like we're going gonzo and like it's going to be some crazy huge four hour or Little Women. Oh, we should turn that into a six part series or something. And Greta Gerwig was like, no, I can do this in two hours and it's going to knock your socks and I'm going to do it by just making a good movie. Right. And this, of course, it speaks to the the source material that every time someone makes it, it's actually kind of great. Mm -hmm. Uh I love how much of the dialogue is straight from the book. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't read the book, although I have been to Orchard House, mm. and it's a really if you're you know if you're feeling literary, it's a great place to go because it we has, should put it on our road trip list. Oh yeah, this is a plan of ours. <laughs> We're gonna go do it literary road trips someday. Someday, so many damn books on the road. Yeah, so many damn roads. There are. <laughs> 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 um, uh, anyway, mm-hmm. I re- I was reading it when I saw I was halfway through. Oh, okay. And so I appreciate I didn't I watched the movie and I was like this ending can't possibly be Louisa May Alcott's ending. Right. And I was gratified to see the ways in which Greta Gerwig was able to still stay true to the novel and stay true to Louisa May Alcott's person mm-hmm. and like who she was. And sort of give you, but like you can choose which ending of the movie you think is the real ending versus sort of the dream ending. Well, or you can just—I don't know—you don't need to. I don't. I didn't feel the need to choose in that same way. I felt. I felt mm. like the, just the presentation of it, made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Of, this is in the book, or this is in, how it happened for her. Right. Um. I just, but I appreciate. But, you know, that's also me coming at it from not having read the book. It's on my shelf. It's a really good... I have a good, really cool pocket one. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's a, it's a really fun read. I was pleasantly surprised at sort of how devourable it is. I mean, I feel, I feel like they're of a piece with Laura Ingalls Wilder. Sure. Or Maude Hart Lovelace. Um, these three named women <laughs> who wrote... I don't know about that time period. That yeah, young women particularly in that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, all three. I don't. All three also inspired by their own lives. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's neat to have just seen Little Women, and then I've just start, you're a little bit farther along, mm-hmm. but to then start watching Dickinson. Yeah. Because they're roughly the same time period. Little Women is a little bit later. Mm-hmm. It's like during the Civil War as opposed to right before it. Mm-hmm. But it's up in Massachusetts. 
and people want to be writers. So this is so this is Dickinson, the Apple TV um, television show. Yeah, uh, which starring should ha- not work, but it so does. Starring Haley Steinfeld playing Emily Dickinson, uh-huh. and then each episode is sort of based on a poem. Yeah, it, either the writing of it or the metaphor of the poem is explored or. And in some ways, it really is like, this is why she wrote that poem. (laughs) (laughs) But it's sort of great. It knows how silly that is Mm -hmm. as a construction of the episode and and just leans into it. Yeah. The aesthetic of it is sometimes they are playing with completely modern tropes. Mm -hmm. uh, and, And, you know, like there's a character who walks into a party and says, let the party commence. Yeah, and then every and there's just piano going on in the background, right? Because they like having it both ways. Yeah, of sometimes it is of the time period completely, and no, this is a very modern construction. I like that the ways in which, particularly the dialogue, is very modernized, mm-hmm. while still keeping like the social mores, the trappings of the, the 1830s or 40s, whatever it is. Wiz bit- Khalifa as death is phenomenal. And death, an anthropomorphized death, by the way. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a little further than you. There's a John Mulaney shows up as Thoreau. <laughs> I just, I love that. And it just seems like the perfect book. I was looking at the creator, Elena Smith, and she wrote, she, in the, in the beginning of Twitter, when it was a much nicer place to be <sighs> in some ways. Yes. She had an incredible joke account called Tween Hobo. Uh-huh. That was even one I of didn't those. Realize that was her. Yeah, that's one of those um, Twitter feed to book stories that <laughs> uh-huh. happened for just a little bit there. Um, and I loved Twin Hobo. It's right up my alleyway for humor. And then the, I read the novel as well. So I, I'm glad that you know, watching this and seeing her name, I was just like, this makes <laughs> this makes sense <laughs> for it to be the next move for. Elena. Yeah. One thing I'm interested to know what you think about this. The one thing and I think it's also because I watched the pilot of the morning show around the same time that I started watching Dickinson. Okay. I'm having a little bit of fatigue around the sort of unbridled like let's do it as a TV show instead of as a movie. Like the constraints of do it in 90 minutes to two and a half hours. And you can do, you can put all of your fun tricks into it. You can make it a single compressed story. And Dickinson, I watched the pilot and I was like, why wasn't this a film biopic? And then the second one, I realized the structure with the poems. I was like, oh, this is cool. But I, I worry about allowing people such free reign. Why? What are you worried about? There's just, it's... My time is valuable. There's so much to consume now. Mm-hmm. Is there? Do you? Okay, let me put it to you this way. Do you think there's going to be a contraction, a, a move back towards how can we do this with all of our cool tricks in the tightest, coolest way possible, like Greta Gerwig doing Little Women as a two-hour film? But I think that that's the thing is that now there's time for both because both both things are streaming constructions. The that's The true. Little Women came out on Netflix the same day. That's true. Uh, so I think that there's time for both. Um, I'm just glad that purely that 
I do not think Dickinson exists in an old network television. Oh, definitely not. But it, the niche that it can find online is awesome. And I would much rather... And boy, I need more... Si- I like sitcoms. I like a half-hour show. I, I think that uh-huh. that constraint is um, interesting. And, and we haven't seen it stretch to its... Um, oh, yeah. Past its cell point or whatever. That's a poor metaphor. <laughs> it's mixed. Mixed metaphor. But Dickinson feels like one of these things that wouldn't exist. Definitely. In any other ecosystem. And so I'm pleased with their current ecosystem for allowing for such strangeness. Yeah. And to I give guess... it five hours. Because it's ten episodes. They're right. about 30 minutes long. But do we... I guess it's also that thing of with something like Dickinson, there's so much else that had to get made because the door was opened to make something as good as Dickinson. Right. I think when we think of cats, uh-huh. uh, you know, what I think we might stop doing is giving $120 million to something like that. Right. And instead spreading that around, here's $2 million, John Mulaney, go make your weird, <laughs> your weird children children's special. musical special. Uh-huh. Uh, which I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. So, so I, good. I think that that's. I think that's as far as you were asking about um, a contraction. I don't see a contraction, but I do see that maybe these larger budget things are going to go away unless it's a Marvel movie or yeah. some sort of huge thing. Right. But I like that. I think that that's fine. I wish that would translate to books too. Uh, yeah, you know. What? Why don't we talk about? Um, as long as I recommend, I just start recommending things. Yes. Why don't we recommend some books that should be turned into movies that we also recommend just reading? Yeah. Before they're inevitably snatched up because that's the complex we are in. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Just as I was talking about, like, maybe we don't need so much excess. I have the next Game of Thrones. We didn't need to do this weird Tolkien prequel series. I have it for you. Studios, if you want to cut me in for a couple of cool million, that'd be great. An adaptation of Wagner's The Ring of the Nibelung. Okay. The ring cycle, it's like classic there's dwarves and valkyries and dragons and sword fights and all it's just what's it say the title again the ring of the nibel the ring cycle uh-huh it's it wagner wrote it as four operas but it's based off of an old germanic legend okay. series of legends would you keep the opera you could throw a little bit of it in there you could have one episode where everybody's singing because it's a you got four seasons and a 40 million dollar budget and so why not? Joss Whedon could do it. So can we. Except for this one. It's people singing about fucking fighting dragons. Huh. All right. I'm just, I. it's going to happen at some point. All right. I have one. Okay. Um, I think Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally own the rights to uh, Lincoln and the Bardo by mm-hmm. George Saunders. Uh-huh. I think so. I think that's going to already be made into a movie. You should just read it because it's great, or listen to the audiobook because it's incredible. 
But I just want to make the plea that it should be a claymation movie and not live action. Ooh. Um, I think that uh-huh. would be better. I think, you know, get Henry Selleck involved. That'd be really good. To make the Lincoln and the Bardo adaptation because I think that will make the whole conceit of the movie work a little better. Yeah. Because oh, the I book's like fantastic. Um, but I think that a way more stylized would help the whole thing work. Cool. That's a good pitch. So just uh, get them in touch with me mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. have them talk about it. I don't need to be involved. I just want to watch it. <laughs> you know, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got shit to read, man. Uh, do you have another one? I I think that um, I heard a rumor that something like this was going to happen. But Carmen Marie Machado's Her Body and Other Parties. Oh. It's going to be like an anthology series kind Interesting. of thing. Interesting. The idea that like each story could be adapted, and so each episode is a di- like Twilight Zone style. Okay, which I think could be neat, um, particularly because I mean she's got so many other stories that are not in that collection. But then also you put together a writers' room of like-minded people, mm-hmm. and that shit could run forever. Yeah, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I like that. There should be more of that. I I like the idea of using a a book of short stories as a basis yeah right as long as we like anthologies which we seem to seem to as a people it is i do it surprises me that that it has been generally accepted it it doesn't seem like it should work i love it that it is working it's all thanks to ryan murphy man okay i have one more pitch okay for it's a nyrb Uh uh-huh new york review of books a nerba a nerba uh-huh on Nerba. The Invention of Morel, I think, or Moral, by Adolfo Boy Caceres. Uh-huh. This is a crazy, I probably really. You've, I think you recommended Yeah, I recommended this point. book before. It's really short. It's less than 100 pages or something. And it's like a precursor to Lost in cool. some ways. In okay. That it's a sort of crazy island. Great. And you find out the mystery pretty quickly, but. why it's happening is sort of strange and yeah i think people should uh that it's it would be a great two-hour movie neat okay and it's laid out i think perfectly for a film yeah neat yeah all right so that's all the that's that's what we have to do gotta go to hollywood now yeah start walking (laughs) oh yeah you have a car i do yeah. We'll Road drive. trip. So many damn roads. So many damn roads. Where we're going, we do need roads. Yeah. That'd be nice if it was paved. Sure. Thanks, everybody, to, for listening. Thanks for your continued Patreon patronage. Uh, Patreon.com slash SMDB. Your continued iTunes reviews. We really appreciate nice iTunes reviews. If you have a mean iTunes review... You could just email us and tell us if it's something we can actually change. That's true. That's true. Because we're happy to hear our criticism. Indeed. Maybe um, it doesn't have to live in the place where everything lasts forever, though. You know, we could, we could, for example, point you to our website, somanydamnbooks.com, which has all of the books that we mention on every episode. Yes. Instead of leaving a me and iTunes review wondering. You know what's funny? That Dickinson show uh-huh. has 
incredible music. And uh-huh. I found this website that lists what songs are Hell in yeah. each episode. It's not even a, it's called like Tune Finder or something. Cool. And I was thinking about how funny it is that there's this website where it, they don't even have anything to do with it. Someone is putting this together because they found the, they uh-huh. like those songs too. I like that. Um, and I, I was thinking about how we have a list of all of the books we mentioned at so many damn books.com slash the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Click on the episode title and you'll see all of the things that we ever mentioned on the show. Probably do a, probably do for a refresh of that website. It just takes so much time. And that's about it. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. We'll, uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Like we always are. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye.